Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. I hope that you all are well this morning. Um, We serve a really good and faithful God. Amen? And uh, I remain thankful that as a church family um, that we can worship in all these different formats, whether people are watching online today or people are listening to a podcast or you're in the... Um, the the live service with the uh, mask and the distance and, um, you know, sanitizer everywhere. I'm just thankful for all the different ways that we can worship God because God's kingdom will not be stopped. And it will move forward. And, uh, and we have a mission in this time. You know, God wants to use you now in this season of your life. And um, he has things for you to do. And I'm just so excited to share the word of God with you this morning. But I want to open up today with Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And then we're going to pray. It says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father. Would you say our Father? Our Father. Mm. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you would like to see even more of his kingdom come in your household, more of his kingdom come in your workplace, more of his kingdom come in your school, more of his kingdom come in your life? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and the opportunity, God, to come before you and, Lord, to hear your word We trust you implicitly today. We trust your word today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for coming uh, in, in, Lord, saving our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And right now, our, our hearts are open. Our ears are open. Our minds are engaged. And we just say, God, would you speak to us by your Holy Spirit? We trust your ability to speak to our hearts. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. We love you. We honor you. All the praise and the glory to your name. Hallowed be your name, Lord God. Let your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week, we started this new series called Your Kingdom Come, and uh, we focused on the fact that there are Two primary kingdoms in this universe. There's a kingdom of the air or the kingdom of the world. And that's the kingdom that is apart from God and apart from the will of God. And there is a kingdom of God where his will and his desires and his kingdom is influence is increasing evermore. We saw in Isaiah last week, which is an Old Testament prophecy about Jesus that Jesus would reign over his kingdom. In other parts of scripture, it says that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it says in Isaiah that the increase of his government and peace would never end. And the word is either true or it's not true, right? And this scripture says the increase of his government, the kingdom government, will never know an end. 
And I want to today, as we dig into this, this your kingdom come concept today, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your identity today. And we're going to do that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. We actually concluded with these verses last week in, in part 1, and I want to pick right back up in there. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you, now I want you to know that's talking about you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So for those of you who felt like you are God's special flower, you're right. It says right there, you are his special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Y'all, this is who God says you are. Now realize that Monday morning you may wake up and you may say to yourself, I don't feel like. But you know, there's a lot of things that we can feel that aren't necessarily the truth. And I'm not telling you to disassociate from your feelings and that your feelings don't matter. But we also rule over the way we feel by what God says and what he uh, has proclaimed about us. And it says in Scripture that you are a royal priesthood. What a cool phrase. Royalty. You know why you're royalty? Because you've been adopted by the king. That makes you royal. So if you're royal and you're a priesthood, priesthood means that you're a minister unto God. So you are adopted by the king and you minister unto the Lord. That's what a royal priesthood is. That's pretty amazing. Now, I want now, for those of us, you know, maybe our head's getting a little bit big. I just want you to know you didn't make yourself a royal priesthood. He made you a royal priesthood. So just back off a little bit. But own it. Says You're a holy nation. The word holy means that you are set apart. Come on. You're set apart. He knows you. He's got your number. He's got your DNA. He's got your fingerprint. He knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. You're a holy, set-apart nation. You are God's government. I mentioned last week, I said, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the kingdom of God and the mess that our our uh, our nation is in and, and how we're all praying for our nation and just praying for all the mess and division and, and everything that is going on. And I, I, I said last week and I'll say it again this week, this this series on the kingdom of God, your kingdom come is not a reaction. This was planned back in November. It is prophetic. It's God getting us focused on the right thing, which is there is a kingdom of heaven and you are part of that kingdom. And your identity is a royal priesthood and a holy nation. You are holy. You are a set apart nation. You are under God's government. That is your primary passport. That is your primary identity. That is the identity that is going to endure in your life. What's cool about First Peter 2 is it says your identity, and then it says the why. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you're a chosen people. Then it goes to the why. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. The why 
is because we are a people of worship who worship and glorify our God. That is, that is the why. And who do we declare it to? We declare it to everyone. We declare it to the heavens. We declare it to people on earth. We declare who our God is. You were not a people, but now you are a people. This is the, the now. Um, uh, this is true now. This isn't going to be true later. This is true. This is who you are now. Whether you feel like it or not, if you have called upon Jesus, this is who you are. But the reality is, many times, our lack of maturity, our lack of faith, our failures undermine our ability to believe these words. Wake up on Monday morning, you get to work, somebody rubs you the wrong way, or you know your boss does something you don't like, or somebody who works with you doesn't do something that you like, and you're not feeling very royal or priestly at that moment. You're feeling like a henchman at that moment, right? Maybe you're more spiritual than the rest of us, and you don't have those kind of feelings. Maybe you lie. Um, you see, we, we see our weaknesses, and God sees our weaknesses. But you see, it's through Christ that we are all these things. It is not through ourselves. It's a really precious gift, salvation. It's a really precious gift to be born again. It's a really precious gift that has been given to us and treasured. And just like you respond to Jesus in faith and receive him as the Lord of your life, you also respond to what he says about you and receive that by faith as well. Sometimes we think, well, maybe someday I'll achieve that. And the reality is you already are that in Jesus. I won't go into all of the theology of that but needless to say when the lord looks at you he sees the righteousness of jesus over your life so let's be that holy nation let's be that set apart people that are under his government and first i want to talk to you this morning a little bit about how and it takes us back to these anchor verses for this series Matthew 6, 9 and 10. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I find it fascinating that Jesus, he gave them this as a pattern of prayer. That our pattern of prayer is to worship God, hallowed be your name. And our pattern prayer of prayer is to say, God, what your kingdom is in heaven, let it come down here on earth. The way I see it a lot of times is that, you know, when I'm in prayer, I you know, begin with God, thankfulness and worship to God. And I encourage you when you're praying, it's a great way to, th- to start. It, it builds your faith. It stirs your spirit. God, we thank you for being good. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've already done. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you've gone before me today. God, I worship you today. Hallowed be your name. I worship you, God. You're worthy of praise. And what happens is in that act, your view and your perspective is on him, our God in heaven, right? And that will change how you look back down on this earth. God is so smart. When you pray, let's start off with some worship. Hallowed be your name. Glory to your name, Lord God. 
and then it says, now, I want you to pray that my kingdom in heaven, because see, when we're worshiping, we're beholding him and his kingdom and who he is. Now, I want you to pray that that kingdom that you are part of, that, that, that identity that you have received, I want you to pray that that kingdom will invade earth and touch earth and minister to earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I was praying this week, um, Elizabeth and I were on a Zoom call with some of our MFI pastor friends up in northern Virginia and uh, up in Maryland. And we were sharing with one another, encouraging with one another. And we like to end with some time of prayer for one another. It's a, it's a life group. And so we, um, we were praying and one of the pastors said, you know, um, I want to pray because this kind of going in and out of the natural and the spiritual it's like they said, I just I want to have a better connection of being able to go from the, the from interacting with God and the kingdom and the things of, this, of, of God into the natural. And um, I thought it was a really interesting feeling because, you know, a lot of us, we can identify that, that our spiritual life or devotion or worship life and that kind of thing feels so disconnected from our day to day natural life and our patterns of this life. Right. And I don't think God is actually trying to raise us up to be spooky people that walk around. Oh, how are you? You know, I'm just kind of floating around here. I think I encourage people be spiritual, but you don't have to be weird. If you're going to be weird, though, I always say we're going to love you anyhow. So when I was praying for this pastor, I thought, what a great request to pray for. And I was praying And I said, Lord, I just pray. And the Lord, as I was praying, gave me a a phrase and a sentence um, that I wasn't expecting. I prayed that it would be like a sine wave. Um, And I'm going to show you a picture of a sine wave up on the screens and on the video. A sine wave is it's a mathematical thing for those of you who know me. Well, math, it just warms my heart. And so a word of the Lord that had to do with math, I thought, this is the Holy Spirit for sure. (laughs) But a sine wave is this wave that rolls like this. Right. And I saw and as I was praying, I said, God, let it be like a uh, like a sine wave that they could they could touch the heavenlies and say, God, I see your will and your desires in heaven. And may they just flow. You know, a sine wave's got a nice kind of curve and flow to it. May they just kind of connect back and bring your will on earth as it is in heaven. And just this kind of ability to flow from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of this earth and just bringing what we see God doing in the word and what we see him doing in the heavenlies and bringing it into this earth and a flow back and forth rather than kind of a, you know, if you ever drive driven a car with a stick shift with somebody who didn't know what they were doing and it was like <clears throat> every time they shifted gears i think that's what, what what it's like it's like that flow of that sine wave is kind of a beautiful kind of connection of which just flows from one to the other from one to the other back and forth spend some time here connected to this earth now i need some more time in the heavenlies with my god and i'm going to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven bringing the supernatural into the natural and connecting them and there can be a flow we don't deny the natural and we don't deny the supernatural there can be a flow your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven how many of y'all could use some of that in your own life right you walk into that meeting or you walk or you have that interaction or you're doing that work and there being some kind of a better flow in connection between the supernatural and the natural and i think god wants that for us i think that's what he was training his disciples to do
when they were out there and Hey, Jesus, people are hungry. You need to send them home. That's the practical, kind thing to do. And Jesus takes that moment to say, hmm, let's go a different direction. You give them something to eat. Wait, what? And then they start counting. They, you, know, you can almost see like they're looking around and down like, okay, well, all we have is this kid with, this, with his lunch and with these, this, Fred, this, Fred, this <laughs> bread and this fish. You know, they're looking at all the natural. But what Jesus was doing is saying, let's look to another source. Let's go into heaven. Let's say your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, what do I see you doing in heaven and what do you want to do in this earth? You don't have to make stuff up. You just have to seek him and say, God, show me what you're doing and I want to see that happen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what does it look like our lives living that kind of sine wave life of time in the heavenlies and time in this earth and a nice flow connecting his will in heaven and his kingdom in heaven here on this earth. In Luke chapter 9 it says when Jesus had called the 12 together He gave them power. Would you say power with me? He gave them power and authority. Would you say authority with me? Amen. I can even hear you on the podcast right now. When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. There it is. The kingdom of God. And to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake off the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went to, from village to village proclaiming the good news. Doesn't that sound like Peter that we just read? That you may declare the praises of him, Right? Proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. It says in the scripture that the Lord gave them power and authority to proclaim the kingdom and to heal the sick. I want you to hear this this morning. The Lord desires to distribute his authority through you, his royal priesthood. His holy nation. Can I say that to you again? The Lord desires to distribute his authority through you, his royal priesthood, his holy nation. Melanie started off the word this year on the first Sunday of January, January the 3rd, with a message, you have permission. And the reality is we have more permission than we realize. You realize that to bring the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth, for it to really touch and to invade earth, you've got to have some permission to do that. And not only do you have to have some permission, but you need some empowerment. You need some authority. You need the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. You see, the Lord's burden is to give people authority in his kingdom. Not less, because he wants his kingdom to touch more people. I want to show you that in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 says this. After this, the Lord appeared, or excuse me, appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. 
He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lamb among wolves. Now, I want, you, I want to ask you to catch this this morning. There's a why. When I say to you, some of you, he wants to give you power and authority. And I say to you, he desires to distribute his power and authority through you. Some of you are actually saying to yourself, I don't know if I'm asking for that. I don't know if I actually want to sign up for that. But I need you to hear this morning the why. The why is because the harvest is plentiful and God has a burden and a love for others. Do you know that he's not empowering us and giving us authority and power just so that we can feel good about ourselves? Scripture says in Ephesians 2, he has seated you in high places in heavenly realms with Jesus. You already have a place with God. When you accepted Jesus into your life, your position in, your, your, uh, in his kingdom was put in that place. And you already are pretty. You already are special. You already are valuable. You already are a royal priesthood. You already are a holy nation. Amen? This has to do with the work that needs to be done. And the reason why the Lord tarries and hasn't come back, he tarries because he doesn't want people to perish. And he wants us to have the same heart and burden that he has. And he looks at this harvest and he says, the harvest is plentiful. And God's burden is a love for people. He wants to distribute his authority and a power to you. Don't exclude yourself. Include yourself. Don't say, I I don't know if that's me. I think that's more spiritual people. I think that's somebody who's leading a life group. Or I think that's for a pastor. I think, no, 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 no. See, God is like that smart boss who knows I need to delegate authority and power to people so that my will can be done on this earth. You ever have a boss who wouldn't let you do anything? That like everything you did had to be redone and redone like the micromanaging boss, right? It's like, I'll let you do that now, now do it this way. And it's like all their time is just watching you work. And it's like, would you like to do this? Right? Don't name that person. Don't let bitterness come up in your heart right now. All right. God the Father is a very secure leader. And he is very generous with his authority and with his power because he has a burden for lost people who need a touch from heaven. He desires to see them won over to himself, to know that he has power and authority and that his motivation is love. And I want to encourage you today, don't exclude yourself Include yourself. God is more generous with his authority and power than many of us realize because he has a heart for others and wants to touch others. In this scripture, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, I want to take just a second here. The reason I'm reading to you Luke chapter 10 is this. In the previous scripture in Luke, what we read about was Jesus sends out the 12. He gives them power and authority, and they go out, and they do these amazing things. And all of us are cheering them on, go, disciples, you guys are amazing. This is wonderful. But that's them, not me. 
In this scripture, it says 72, and we don't even know their names. We don't even know who they are. We don't even see like an accounting. Like there's no, later on, we don't hear, oh, the 72. Like, you know, and they don't even get a, a tagline like David's mighty men or anything like that. It's just 72 people. Paired them off two by two to go do the work of the kingdom. What we're seeing in here is that God's desire to distribute his authority and his power in the kingdom is greater than our desire probably to even see it happen. And he wants us to have that burden and to be empowered by his spirit. Later on in scripture, the disciples, they see people doing things in, in, in the name of Jesus. It's like, Jesus, should we go stop them? They're, they're doing stuff in your name. And Jesus is like, hey, if they ain't against us, they're for us. Let them roll. You see that kind of distribution. And I mean, Jesus is in town and he's like, let them go. One of the reasons why we need to be rooting other churches on rather than tearing them down. If they are preaching Jesus, they're on the home team and we want to see them do well. And if they can reach someone that you can't reach, cheer them on. Because there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of harvest and a little bit of workers, right? So let's cheer them on. It says again in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in his name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. This is cool. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? He's saying, yes, this is amazing. I even saw Satan fall like lightning. But what you should really be joyful about is that your name's in heaven. You see, the authority and the power and the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven is about God reaching other people and seeing his kingdom expand and seeing darkness be dissipated by the light. But our identity and our joy is that we've received him into our lives and that we're seated in high places with Jesus. And in that place, seated with him as a royal priesthood and a holy nation, let's catch his heart. Let's catch his heart and allow our burden to be for a harvest that is plentiful. There are more people in need of a touch from God than ever before. People are in hurting. People are in difficulty. People are isolated. Do you see today that there is a setup for God to move? There is a setup. And one of the challenges is, is we can be distracted by so many things. And what we need to focus on is your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because that is the only true solution to a dying world. So I want to encourage you to ask God to use you to ask god to use you in 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 your own life now when i say that i'm about to go into some spiritual ways or some empowerment ways because we're talking about power and authority but as a just a caveat i want to slip in here and just say hey natural and practical things that we do to love and serve people matter a whole lot you ever heard the adage nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care right And if all you want to do is speak your spiritual authority and things like that over people, they're going to be like, are you am I a notch in your belt or do you care about me? 
Right. Am I are you just trying to show off a kingdom or is there there a real sincere care about my own life? And so we need to be practical with people, whether it's help them move or pray for their their natural needs or take them a meal. We've got to be practical and spiritual. Amen. And let those worlds collide. It's that sine wave. Right. But we can't hesitate to ask for supernatural empowerment. And I feel like today with our our church family, I feel like I'm kind of shaking us up and waking us up is what I feel like when I'm preaching the word this morning. To remember who we are and to remember what we have. We have this amazing treasure of God and his Holy Spirit in our life. And there is more power and authority that God wants to distribute through us than we are asking for. Can I hear an amen? And I dare say that we should even repent and say, God, forgive me for not asking for more empowerment of your spirit. Forgive me for not asking for more authority to operate in your kingdom and your will. Not for my good, not so that I can feel good, but because, God, you have a harvest and you have people and you have a will in heaven that you want to bring on this earth. First Corinthians 12 verse one says now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them all. I jumped to verse four, by the way, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And verse seven says this now to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I'm going to pause right there for a moment. Now, to each one. Now, this scripture is written to the church at Corinth, which means we can take this scripture and apply it to our lives because we are at the church at 2850 Maidens Road or online or in our car. Keep your eyes on the road if you're listening to the podcast, right? Now, to each one. It didn't say some others. It says now to each one, a manifestation of the spirit an empowerment of the spirit is given. Why? For the common good. It's for others. Y'all follow me. And it goes into verse 29. You're going to love this because you're going to see your permission right here. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Verse 31. Now, eagerly desire. Would you say the word desire? Would you say it like you mean it? Desire. Eagerly, eagerly desire the greater gifts. For some of us, that's practically offensive. Want the greater gifts? But see, if you know the why, you understand why it's in there. The why is for someone else. The why is because he wants to distribute his authority and power through your life. What if one person this week was touched by a prayer that you prayed for them? What if one person was healed from a sickness that they were struggling with? What if one person got a word from God or a scripture from God or something that was from God to them that you don't even realize how much it connected with their life right now? What if one person this week, what if one person the next week, let's do some adding together. If we did that for a week, 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 and we talked about this a year from now, how many people would you touch? 52 people. I'm really good at math. But see, God's really smart because you see, wow, 52 is a lot. But see, when you start to look at the kingdom of God, you put a lot of those 52s together. You see, God has an agenda to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. 
He loves this harvest. He cares for these people. And he says to you, like, like that word at the beginning of the year, you have permission to eagerly desire the greater gifts. There's your permission right there. If I, if I were to ask you right now, what spiritual gift or gifts would you ask the Lord for? If you're taking notes, I want, I want you to write it down. Would it, be, would it be healing? Would it be the prophetic? Would it be miracles? Would it be faith? Would it be discernment? Now, catch me today. I think we need to do all the practical things. This is an and, not an or. Right? But there's no substitute for God's authority and power on this earth. There's no substitute for it. There's no substitute for a touch from God. What gifts would you ask for from the Lord? Maybe it's something you've dabbled in that needs to grow. Maybe it's more than one gift. You know that you're allowed to have more than one. It says eagerly desire the greater gifts. There's your permission right there. I want to I pray for, you, for us today for several things. One, I want to pray to it today that God would superimpose his heart for a harvest on our hearts. Second, I want to pray for an empowerment of the Spirit in spiritual gifts. He gave them power and he gave them authority. Why? Because there was a harvest that was plentiful and he was looking for more workers. And I'm challenging you today as we're entering into this new year. Let's have his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let's ask him for authority. Let's ask him for his empowerment and ask him how to operate in that, how to see his king, his kingdom extended. The third thing that I want to pray for you today is I want to pray for a boldness rather than fear. Fear will keep us bottled up. Fear will quench the Holy Spirit. Fear will keep us isolated. And the Holy Spirit can give you boldness. It's not just a personality thing. It's an empowerment of the Spirit thing. In Acts chapter 4, they had been praying for Peter to get out of jail. And they were having this prayer meeting. And uh, Peter got out of jail. He came and he knocked on the door. And a uh, young lady comes to the door and like, who is it? And they're like, he says, it's Peter. She don't even believe it's him. The irony is they're praying for him. And they open up the door finally and they realize that it's Peter. They are overwhelmed. They're like, look at what God did. It says they prayed and the place that they were was shaken. And they went out and they proclaimed the kingdom of God with boldness. They were filled with the spirit and went out and proclaimed it. With boldness. Boldness does not mean arrogance. Boldness means fearless. What can man do to us who can only destroy the body? But God who can destroy both the body and the soul. The reality is we, we shouldn't fear. Because we have a place set aside for us in heaven. In the heavenly realms. We have a place in eternity. We have an anchor in heaven. You are going to overcome. 
because you have called upon Jesus as your Savior. But what he wants to do is he wants to bring that overcoming attitude and that empowerment here on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want to pray with you today for those three things. I want to pray for our love for for the harvest, that his heart would be superimposed on ours. Second, I want to pray for the empowerment of the spirit. And third, I want to pray that a boldness will come over our lives. If you're listening today and maybe you're in a place where you haven't made the decision to accept Christ as your Savior and to make him the ruler of your life, it's not complicated. It's just taking the authority of your life and placing it in his hands and saying, God, I'm going to follow you rather than follow me. And I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that on the cross you paid for my sin, and I'm asking you to give me a new life in you, and I want to follow you. And if that's a decision that you haven't made in your life or you've walked away in your life, make today the day that you make that decision and cry out to God and he will save you. He's really good at saving people. If you're making that decision online, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps because we would love to hear from you because we want to walk with you in that. If you're making that decision in an in-person service, you just come and talk to me later and uh, I'd love to rejoice with you. I'm going to ask if you're here in the room today to stand with me. I want to pray for you for these three things. And I'm going to take a little bit of, of time this morning to pray with you. And um, we're just going to pray that God is going to empower his people. Father, I just thank you today, Lord God, for your love for each one of us. God, I thank you that we were the harvest. That you cared for so much. Lord, somehow we heard the message. The good news of our salvation. We heard it and we believed it and we were included in your kingdom. And God, today, Lord, as we go about our lives, I pray that your heart for a people and a world around us, your sincere heart, God, people aren't notches on our belt or just numbers to be counted. But God, they're eternal people made in your image. And we don't want them to perish. We want them to know you and experience you and to know the goodness, to taste and see what we've known of you, God. And so, Lord, I pray first of all today that in our hearts, Lord God, Father, that a deep love for people will come over us. I pray even right now, while our nation experiences such great division, God, that we would know, not see people as enemies, but we will see people as a mission field, Lord God. We will see people that you want to save, that you poured out your blood and your life for Jesus, and that you want to save. May our hearts sincerely love those that you love. Lord, I pray today, Lord, we believe your word that, Lord, you give authority and you give power. Lord Jesus, and we pray today, Lord, may there be a a welling up and a, a rising up of the move of your Holy Spirit. Lord, people need a touch from God now more than they've ever needed it before, Lord God. And we pray that there'd be a welling up, Lord, a rising up. And Lord, that there'd be a gifts that would be just birthed, Lord, today. 
Lord, that it would be gifts of miracles and gifts of faith and gifts of healing and gifts of the word of the Lord in our mouth, Lord God. And that, Lord, we would say, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, may we not just look to natural needs, but may we look to you, Father, in heaven and say, God, show me your heart. Show me what you want me to do. May I speak after you. May I speak after what you are saying. And, Lord, may we see your will on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. I pray for gifts of faith and gifts of discernment, gifts of healing. And I pray, God, for boldness. I pray today for a boldness of the Holy Spirit, God, to come over your people. A boldness that leaves fear, Lord Jesus. A boldness that is birthed by you. That says, Lord, I'm so excited about what you do and what you can do and what you will do. That God, may the fear move away as I see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, may we be a people, God, who can go into the heavenlies, worship and hallowed be your name. And may we See, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your love and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your power. And God, we glorify your name today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.